Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Abigail. And I'm Pax. For this week's Week Gwen update, uh, we have a couple of things to uh, look at. One of them is the uh, first look at the Peach Momoko design variants for Shadow Clones. Uh, This is something which came out, like, almost right after we uh, recorded the last podcast episode. It was literally the day after we recorded. We like, oops, did we do this a day too soon? Yeah. And in fairness, we had seen, um, I think, all but one of them in Bregland and David Nakayama covers, which had already been shown. Uh, But these were the sort of like proper, like full body designs. And we got a good look at them. Yeah, with the Greg Land ones, all we were missing was Vulture Gwen. But this time, Peach Momoko showed everybody yeah it was very very cool i i'm i'm intrigued by them like craven's got like a like well, craven gwen has like a weird sort of monstrous look rhino looks like like the rhino gwen looks kind of mutated almost like the yeah. rhino bits are sort of coming out of her skin and uh yeah no uh, the vulture one's got a really sort of uh unique look as well like his really pointy hair and they're all really fun designs yeah when i saw vulture gwen i was like mandy is that you for those who don't know that reference, there's this really old cartoon called The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And Mandy's hairstyle, it's actually two points, but it's almost similar style to Vulture Gwen's. Yeah. And she does wear a headband and is blonde also. Yes. Uh, you know, it has that sort of look. Um, yeah, no, they, they look good. And, and, I, and I do believe, right, that if it weren't for the fact that uh, Peach Momoko uh, had her own sort of original marvel comic that they would sort of have free reign over that she probably would have done one or both of these two uh gwenverse uh minis and uh yeah no it's um it's, it's been it's, it's been really good to have each from Oko's creative input um i think it definitely gives the comic a bit bit more um legitimacy as well to have such a big name attached to it um as well so it's um yeah it's been it's been good and i'm really excited to see what they do um, and how they explain these alternate villains as well. Um, I liked how they explained the gimmick in the last one, uh, with them being like alternate timeline sort of shenanigan thing going on. But I think this book is still strictly on Earth 65. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But we don't know who's the villain that's actually cloning her. Not yet, anyway. Is this supposed to be their own version of. Because there's only five villain Gwens that we know of, so is this just a sinister five? It looks like it's. it's um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if they had another one for a reveal, but um, yeah, the moment looks like we have the sinister five. Yeah, but I think their sixth member is the one who cloned her. Um, naturally. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it could be that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on there. We're excited for Shadow Clones. We'll be covering it on this podcast. Uh, yeah, we've also had uh, the announcement of a new Infinity comic for Spider-Gwen that's going to be coming out. It's the Spider-Verse Unlimited Infinity comic, and it's an arc, A Tale of Two Cities featuring Gwen Stacy, where she fights the Bodega Bandit of Earth-616. I think it's actually implied that she has to deal with two Bodega Bandits because she finds out that he has a counterpart on 616. So maybe the first issue is going to open up with her fighting her regular Bodega Bandit. And then uh, when she has to go to school, she encounters his 616 counterpart. It's really funny, actually. Yeah, I see that vision. That'd be funny. I, I, I would be interested to see if they do um like if they do a, an, another Bodega Bandit, if they meet in the middle at all somewhere. Well, remember the Sheed Bodega Bandit in Gwenverse? Yeah, I wonder if they'll if they'll pick up on that, or if that was maybe a little bit too recent for them to have picked up on just yet. Well, despite the nature of the Infinity Comics, I think most of them are canon because for the majority of Spider-Verse Unlimited, they actually do mention the events of the mainstream comics. Yeah. And yeah, we're also going to be covering this Infinity comic on the show. But uh, once everything's been wrapped up, because uh, these Infinity comic arcs for Spider-Verse Unlimited, it could be as little as three issues or it could be at the most six or seven issues for an arc. Yeah. 
so so there's, there's a bit bit of a variation but what we're going to do is wait for it to all come out so we're not going to do issue by issue coverage like we would do for um, a series that's coming out like in normal like paper single issues the way we are doing for uh, spider-man at the moment and and later shadow clones uh, what we're going to do is wait to see how that goes first and this infinity comic is being written by jay holtham who has actually written the uh, miles arcs of spider-verse unlimited so he's a veteran to marvel like he actually wrote a few things for marvel television he wrote a couple of episodes of cloak and dagger an episode of jessica jones and he's also the head writer for marvel's wastelanders hawkeye yeah so he's uh, he's done quite a bit so um yeah, this one isn't as new as the writer they've got for Shadow Clones. This person's been quite a bit of stuff already. Yeah, and as advertised before, uh, the art is by Nathan Stockman and colors by Pete Pantazis. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so it's um yeah we've got new Spider Gwen comics coming out. Uh, obviously, uh, none of this is uh, a proper ongoing, but it's all it's all content that we're excited about and looking forward to covering. I think we're probably going to get the ongoing closer to when Across the Spider-Verse comes out. Yeah, most likely, I think, yeah. Well, that's what they do when anyone has a new property coming out, because most recently uh, Marvel just announced something Guardians-related for April of this year, and you know, the following month, Guardians Volume 3 is going to be released. Perhaps, but it might be that like they think that like the Shadow Clones mini is going to cover Gwen's appearance in Into the Spider Verse, that they won't have to do another thing for that. Maybe. Yep, because based on the uh, release schedule, because Shadow Clones number one comes out in March and it's five issues, so that means it's going to end in July. Right. Yeah. Or I'm just hoping that Gwen actually does play a role in Summer of Symbiotes because, come on, even though she's practically the odd woman out in the Symbiotes, she belongs there. Um, yeah, she belongs somewhere. I don't know. I just They, they just need to put her in stuff, I think, really, and, and sort of find her spot. Like, resolve all of the M. Jarnge stuff, maybe, in Summer of Symbiotes. Yeah, that'd be cool. There's room to do stuff that they aren't. Really, I mean, if Kamala Khan can go in in the Spidey office, then Spidey Gwen can go over there. You know. You know what's really funny when uh, the Marvels revealed who else was on the writing team. Zeb Wells was announced as one of the uh, writers on the script. Yeah, that's um, that's fun. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, interesting synergy there. But since uh, movie script writing comes first, I guess writing for the Marvels must have been his test run for writing Kamala and ASM. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe he developed a sort of attachment to the character or something, wants to keep going. Still, kind of an odd choice to put Kamala in Peter's supporting cast, but then again, I've always been pining that Gwen join Eddie's supporting cast. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if she'd fit in the current run, but yeah, she she definitely could. She definitely could have in the last, for sure, I think. Maybe when Eddie decides to give up doing all of the god stuff and just focus on being a street-level hero... I think that's when Gwen would fit in the most. Yeah, if he does that. Even though he was the one who killed Null, no one asked Eddie to play God. No, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the question is whether or not the symbiotes need a God. And but they've got him playing that role. So I guess we're going to see how it pans out. Yeah. And plus, you know, Summer of Symbiotes, it's actually supposed to uh, be a crossover between Al Ewing and Ram V's Venom. Ram V's Carnage, and the upcoming Red Goblin run done by Alex Pacnadel. Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot sort of going on oh, at once, I think. it's um, Yeah. And the solicit did promise that we'll see some old faces in Summer of Symbiote, so I'm hoping that Gwen is one of those old faces. I don't want her to... Is she an old face? Is she considered an old face now? Is that... Because it says new symbiote heroes and old faces. Yeah, I guess. So I think old faces is just another term for um, a classic favorite. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, that's just my agenda for uh, Gwen being remotely involved in 616 symbiote shenanigans other than King and Black. I, I mean, it's a good case, I think, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I think before we go off the deep end too much, uh, should we uh, uh, say what we're reading today? 
Yeah, so we're getting into uh, continued appearances of Ghost Spider in the current ongoing Spider-Man series from writer Dan Slott and art by Mark Bagley, inks from John Dell and Andrew Hennessy, and colours by Edgar Delgado. Uh, we've read three issues of this so far. Uh, we expect this arc's going to go up to issue number seven, is that right? Yep, that's what the uh, trade paperback solicits it as. And so far, Ghost Spider has featured in every issue as a big, scary, shatterified wasp person, along with much of the other Spider-Verse characters. Um, We have mixed feelings on it. Uh, We're going to get into them. Uh, But before we uh, do that, uh, we are going to just read through a synopsis of this issue uh, we recommend listening and read uh, listening to their episodes and reading all four issues before going through this podcast with us but we we do this bit to uh, keep everybody on the same page so what we're going to do is read that now we open on earth 44145 where it's spider-man norman osborne works in his oscorp lab on a last-ditch solution to stop shathra he sends out his ally spider's man of earth 11580 to delay a shatterified spider biodroid and spider x who kills spider's man in short order they confront norman who teleports away an unseen object facing his imminent death at their hands he declares his plan a success and himself a winner before detonating the entire lab with him in it madam webb watches from across the multiverse and despairs chafing previously considered norman 44145 as an integral part of her plan she meets of zarina zahari the spider uk and the two resign themselves to recruiting the last spider totem peter left in the multiverse peter palmer spider-man with no hyphen of earth 616 beta who unseriously but happily takes the job in the Temple of Neath on Earth-616, Night Spider and Aranya have no time to grieve the loss of Peter-616 as they fight off the Shatra Swarm. Night Spider rallies the distraught Aranya as she activates the Temple's remaining booby traps in an effort to delay the Horde as they make good on their escape. On Loom World, Hunter Spider and Miles Morales sneak into Shatra's lair, finding her gloating over the death of Peter. This enrages Miles, and he shocks Shatra with everything he's got. It's not enough, however, and he finds himself locked up with other spiders who could not be subsumed by the hive. Spinneret, Spidermobile, a blocky video game Spidey, Silly Spider, and Peter982 who has been transformed into the monstrous Other. Still in Manhattan on Earth-616, the Shatrified spinstress continues fighting against Silk, Morlin, and her former allies. She gloats that Peter 616 has been killed like Jessica Drew, enraging Silk into knocking her out cold. The other remaining spider teams portal in moments after, where Peter Palmer is introduced and subsequently received very poorly by the spider team. Across town in Oscorp Plaza, Norman Osborne directs a science team as they work on processing some recovered science tech after it was stolen, including a teleporter device which receives a mysterious glass tube containing a piece of multiversal web. The surprise science technician working on the teleporter is none other than a seemingly restored Peter Parker. Well, there we go. That is issue number four of Spider-Man. It's been, yeah, uh, it's been interesting. We didn't have any of Peter Parker 616 at all during this issue. Um, Well, not in action anyway, but the final page. That's him. Which is presumably a Peter six one six brought back to life. So, um, they they they've they've clearly introduced this gimmick like dagger thing that does the whole unraveling, and and the point is that sort of like they're getting erased from existence with this weird thing where they unravel into threads. But I think what it's doing is it's removing their spider totemness from the web of life and destiny. I think that's what's happening personally. And they also say, like, right before Jess and Peter disappear, are they say it's like that they never came to be, and they're thinking about what happened to all of the people that they saved. Yeah, I guess it's more just like they never became a spider hero. That's what's happened. Because he's wor- he's got a whole job, right, at Oscorp. Norman doesn't recognize him as Spider-Man. So it seems like um in this um seemingly rewritten earth 616 if peter never became spider-man uh does that mean uh gwen 616 is also restored to life because if peter never became spider-man um norman doesn't have a reason to go after him yeah that would make sense and um i i I don't know like maybe they will do that i just 
I've seen Gwen resurrected too many times for it to be an interesting idea at this point. I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Well, during Judgment Day, she was resurrected only just for like a minute or two before she died again. Yeah, I'm going to say they, they do it every event. They find a reason to just, just bring back Gwen and it feels kind of gross after a certain point. Um, sort of get really hung up on this character. And I just, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see them explore something different. Uh, than that like i just uh, maybe maybe i don't know like i guess we're going to see how the practical aspect of it works you know they're coming up with uh the 50th anniversary of the night gwen stacy died this year so how would you feel if their big thing is just to uh, revive og gwen and then unceremoniously write her off again it would be very upsetting it would it would be just just i don't know like, i just I, I mean like they just I, I really do feel like they need to let gwen stay dead at this point they really don't need to keep bringing her back over and over again just to find contrived ways to then like erase her from existence again it, it feels kind of wrong you know remember when i had uh, when i profiled her to be kindred yeah like and and the thing is it's not that they haven't found an interesting way to bring her back which they, they have done right like they've done it mission accomplished you know, I don't think they need to do anything more with it, really. Um, yeah, we're still here. But at least with the whole kindred front, I was I was in the right family tree, but I just uh, chose the wrong Stacy. Yeah. You might want to clarify what you're referring to on, on, on that. Yeah, it was because uh, right when uh, the kindred saga was happening, my number one candidate for kindred was Gwen because, well, Gwen 616 anyway, back from the dead was because she fit the profile the best, being all enraged that um, Peter is resuming his friendship with Black Cat. The fact that kindreds referred to Craven as toxic masculinity, that's something a woman would say. And um, in their debut appearance, Kindred made Fisk bow to them. And this was around the same time the Gwen Stacy mini was going on. And there is a final issue where Gwen was going to go up against Fisk. Right. But yeah, you're just you're referring to the fact that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just. um, Yeah. No, I, I think there are a lot of different ways that they, they could have brought her back. But I feel like because they're doing Spider-Gwen and they've done Spider-Gwen a lot. And that appears to the, be the one that stuck the most that maybe they should stick to that. Because, I don't know, like, I just, I feel like regurgitating this character's death over and over again isn't very compelling after a certain point. It is, it's a fridging, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a female death for the sake of a male character's sort of grief. And, and it's yeah. not really explored very well, I think, a lot of the time. And, and I just, I think they should probably just give it a miss when it comes back around and and i'd be I, I want i want to see sort of how the mechanics of it work a bit first maybe but i'd be disappointed if if they did this and then did like oh this is what the world without peter parker would look like i think i think i'd rather them just sort of explore where this particular non-spider powered pete has gone in life because he's, he's like working for norman he's you know he's doing lab stuff which is interesting but uh did you notice how um this pete well this restored version uh, he's handicapped because he requires a crutch to walk around. Yeah, yeah, he he's yeah he's not able to. Um, yeah, I saw that. So in this restored version, like did did he suffer an injury or something? Possibly, I don't know. Maybe it's linked to the reason that he wasn't able to get bitten by the spider in the end. Because if there was still um, someone that took Peter's place in his rewritten version, the only logic I could think of was someone pushed him out of the way and he injured his leg. Yeah, maybe. And someone else got bitten. Something like that. I do think the erasure of a spider totem is part of it. So I don't know if somebody would replace him so much. Because um, with Peter being uh, restored, but in a different situation... Because remember, Peter is the reason why you know Silk is also there, and Cindy's still fine. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, uh, Cindy was bitten separately from Pete, right? Like, yeah, but they were bitten by the same spider. Yeah. So, no, it's just affected Pete, I think, right? Like, it's not affected. But if the spider bit someone else, wouldn't that mean uh, Cindy could use her sense to uh, seek out this other person? Again, I, I think the nature of it, it's erasing somebody from the web of life and destiny. It wouldn't replace them with anybody, you know. And that means by that logic, uh, Jess should be out there too somewhere, but in a different yes. situation. 
Yes. Yeah, I imagine she'd be like home with the baby or something. Like she didn't do all of that secret agent stuff. She's just a mom. Yeah. Something like that. Because yeah, if you take out all of the uh, secret agent stuff and superhero stuff that Jess does, yeah, she would just be nothing but a PI and a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's the one which makes the most sense to me. But that depends whether or not if uh, Dan Slott wants to use one of Jess's Avengers friends asking them, uh, where is she? And then they're like, who? Yeah, I, I do think that like one of the things which is happening is that like they lose their memories of the person who's been erased very gradually. So that could happen. Yeah. But everyone still remembers Peter. I mean, right now, because it's yeah. like it's a fresh kill. But it could happen that, like, as they're trying to rescue him, they're, they're already forgetting about him, you know? And it seems like even though he's only shown like his death in a flashback and then him restored at the end, even when this isn't about him anymore, this is still about him. Yeah, and I think that's a shame. I really do. I, I, I'm disappointed they didn't have a bit more teeth with it and try and sort of stick it out but but it is what it is you know but anyway he technically has well a substitute subbing in for him uh the original spider of well the beta version anyway of pete peter palmer Peter palmer is really funny uh i think uh it's it's a really good bit yeah. to have like a corny version of pete like that you know i think it seems like uh palmer since this is the beta version, maybe this is pre-death of Uncle Ben, or he just decided to continue being selfish, because the way he talks, it seems like he's more of an entertainer rather than a legit superhero. He's very, like, he's, yeah, he's not act- actualized much as Spider-Man, you know, he's sort of, you know, uh, he, he is what... Um... They called him the next best thing since uh, they don't have Parker anymore. Yeah, and I don't know why they've insisted on Pete being as important as he is when clearly this this character isn't going to be very helpful for them i think uh dan slot just wanted to do something very deep cut because palmer he's actually based off of a typo that stan lee made in the script for the very first asm number one he accidentally called him peter palmer instead of parker in the script so this right. is just making that typo canon yeah i'm surprised they decided to to go that direction with it um yeah. it's also the same way how uh uh bruce his full name is robert bruce banner just because in some issues they accidentally called him bob banner so stanley was, was like oh uh, let's just make his full name robert bruce banner yeah that was a good that was a good way of getting around it but yeah no i, th- I think it is funny like all the stuff with peter palm is done done really funny like even like the drawing is more basic the captioning is also different as well they've done like a really like funky looking caption <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, no, I think it, I think it really works. And even um, uh, he notices how people say his name. He claims that Julia and Zarina are saying it too slow because he says it's just Spider Man, not Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah, that was really funny. Well, it's a throwback to the first issue where uh, Pete makes that hyphen joke, mm-hmm. and then here Palmer said that there's no pause in the middle. It's just one word. Yeah, which which is wrong, right? Like, it feels really wrong, but I think it's a really good bit. And uh, this just occurred to me that in the Marvel Spider-Man cartoon, when Pete was first signing up for the Daily Bugle, Jameson accidentally called him Palmer. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a good bit, I think. Um, I think it really works for, like, as, as, a, as a joke. I, I don't... But again, it it does feel really silly how much they emphasize Pete as being the chosen one, um, because because there's no reasoning given for it. There's no there's not even a prophecy that they can point to and say that this prophecy is the one that says that Pete is the most important person. Like it just it just is. Even uh yeah, Felicia and Anya, yeah, they're still trying to wrap around how Peter's gone, and yet there's still one more treasure to go after, but it involves the chosen one. Yeah, and and I just um. I don't know. I don't know why it's a thing. Like, who's saying it's a thing? Like, I don't. I don't understand it very well. And and it doesn't. It's not very compelling at this point. Once you have like possibly the most incompetent character is like the last possible candidate to be the chosen one because he's this particular guy. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make a huge ton of sense because there's definitely very very qualified spider people, you know, on that team. Thing is, because Julia said that um. All of the Parkers that they could have gotten, they're dead or they've been turned. No, but like, I, what I mean is that like they are insisting that like 
uh, Peter is the most important thing in the universe, in the oh. multiverse, right? Like the fact that they will insist on it to the point of finding the most incompetent and using him instead of any of the other more competent people that is like right next to them that they can go talk to and use instead. I think um, it's because of uh, Pete's reputation of being the only spider to defeat Morlin and Shatra on different occasions by himself. Yeah, but like, is that even true? And is that like, it, it doesn't have to be true, right? Like, they could be, like they could just find another person in the multiverse who's beaten Morlin. Like, surely Peter Parker is not the only person in the multiverse who's done that. Like, they could just write in somebody new who has beaten Morlin. It's weird. I think this is just Dan Slott's way of saying that Peter's his favorite character to write and everything should be all about him. Yeah, that's the that's the vibe I get after a certain point. Is it's just it's just so Peter focused and and for what? Like what is being gained after a certain point? And instead of writing about like the difficulties of of team building and, and like getting people together to fight against the inheritors and, and making sure that they you know like all of that sort of stuff and, and like drawing tension from the fates of of all of the spider totems, right? They specifically just zero in on Peter Parker as the only solution even when he doesn't have the solution even when he doesn't necessarily want to be the chosen one it's it's just it's very it's very uninspired i think to keep doing it like this and i, and I really hope that they they just stop doing it because it doesn't yeah it's it just doesn't it's not it it's not the vibe yeah there's also the fact that peter he seems to be very wishy-washy about his chosen one status because you know at first he's like uh, are you sure you got the right guy? And then when the situation calls for it, they're like, we should go with this plan because I'm the chosen one. So whatever I say goes. Yeah, like, oh yeah, he's he's more than happy to like start using the role to his advantage once it comes down to like actually having an argument. But yeah, like it just it just doesn't it doesn't click for me. And and I don't I don't know who it is clicking for. Like does does Dan Slot really think that like Pete is is just that elevated above these other characters? And you know, don't get me wrong, I understand Spider Man is Marvel's flagship character, but to this degree it feels just odd and weird. And I was very grateful that this issue didn't have any actual Peter Parker in it. Like, we got a bit of a break from the Chosen One Pete, you know, stuff. I appreciated that. Well, this is the midway point. Yeah, it is the midway point. You're right. And and um, I suppose we're going to find out how it all sort of pans out, you know. And, 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 I, and I hope that they subvert it. Like, they, they just sort of get over it a bit at some point. Because it is a really strange thing to just keep doing issue after issue. Because I, I was hoping that we wouldn't have any mentions, really, of the Chosen One while Pete 616 was dead. But they found a weirder way to sort of double down on it. I think one other person who would be worthy of uh, Chosen One status, because she's the actual psychic Julia. Yeah, like if Dan Slott said that Julia Carpenter was the chosen one, I'd still be like, oh, chosen one narratives are rubbish. But like, I would understand because it would make sense. It would have an internal logic, but they haven't done that. And they've just stuck with this. And I just, yeah, I don't. But with the way Julia's being portrayed here, it seems like she's being written as a poor psychic lady because she didn't foresee Norman's death. No, she was way off with everything so far. She hasn't built up the team. Like, she's got all these insights and she's just not really using them. And the fact that she hasn't told Anya nor Zarina that she was waiting for the last minute to bring in Spider-Norman and then just for him to blow himself up because he doesn't want the other side to win. Yeah, yeah, it really blew up in her face. She was like, I am Adam Webb and I did not see this coming. Yeah, I also, which I don't understand as well. Like, why didn't she see that coming? She has seen other stuff coming in the past, and I, I, I don't. What's the what's the thinking on that? Yeah, her whole shtick is that she can see every possible future. Shouldn't she have foreseen that Norman would have blown himself up? Yeah, I don't know where the the headspace was at for it. But then again, she did say in her in her dialogue that um, with so many futures hitting her at once, she can get pretty overwhelmed easily. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be more interested to see Spider-Verse like, done properly from Madam Web's perspective, like make her the, the central voice in it. And, and I, I would find that you know really interesting, compelling, but we haven't got that yet. Well, during New Year's Eve, Marvel released an Infinity comic, a single issue all about Julia. And she's just seeing all of the events that's going to happen later in Spider-Verse Unlimited. And 
even in the mainstream comics too, because the only mainstream vision that I saw was the upcoming Red Goblin. Yeah, and and I just yeah, I don't know. Like I, like again, and also like like Madame Web could be doing a lot more than just occasionally appearing in Spider Verse. Like I feel like she really should be a series regular. But I think in Madame Web's defense, uh, I think she's still getting the hang of things ever since her predecessor died because her predecessor was, you know, older and more experienced. Yeah, there is that. But I just, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to get into. There's sort of, they haven't. And I don't know. Yeah, I do think, I definitely think Madame Web should be should be in the Spidey comics as a, as a sort of like regular character, but she doesn't even get to make the cut outside of this sort of like more spin-off stuff. Now, the last time she was used was uh, being the leader of the Order of the Web during Last Remains. Yeah. And even then, they didn't get their own book as a team. No, yeah, she didn't. I want to see that sort of Spidey-adjacent team, really, at this point. I, I really do. And, um, yeah, they, they have a good little team going at this point in the book. Like, it is sort of filling that void a little bit. But it seems like the uh, Madam Web is trying her damnedest to hold the team together because remember how last issue uh, Silk just took a couple of them and then just to do whatever they wanted and then that cost them spinstress. Yeah, they aren't super coordinated. It does feel like they're rushing through quite a lot of plot threads quite quickly. And even then, there's still a lot of infighting in the Spider Army, particularly between Cindy and Morlin. The Cindy Morlin tension is really interesting because those characters have like so much history, and that's another area where they're sort of they're not doing a huge amount with it, where they, they really ought to be. Yeah, Morlin proposes on killing Spinstress after Cindy just knocked her out because he thinks uh, something more permanent should be more effective if they don't want shot or getting the drop on them. Yeah, and I think that uh, they really ought to explore that in the future stuff because because it has been one of the more compelling like dynamics. Like that's the kind of stuff which I find really interesting. And it's not Peter Parker's not involved at all with that. No, but you know, Cindy was incensed when Shatra revealed that Peter died. Yeah, it was interesting seeing characters like react like that. It's nice seeing them get like angry for each other that way. And Morlin was like, "I like this new side of you." Yeah, no, it's interesting to see where Cindy will end up towards the end of this arc. But it seems like that Morlin does uh, have some sorrow for Pete 616 being killed, although that's mostly because of him being the chosen one, and he said that he was practically irreplaceable, and he'd rather have Parker over Palmer. Yeah, um, it, I, I do like the, the anti-villainification of Morlin, like he's no longer the antagonist, but he's definitely still a villain, Um. I thought it's been quite fun. I think he's still bitter over the fact that Spider-Man ate his siblings. That's a weird one. That was a really weird decision to like just sort of throw in there, you know. The joke is that, you know, uh, you'd expect that behavior from Zeb Wells. Yeah. Yeah, you you love to reference. Well, Zeb Wells and Dan Slott are working in tandem for Spider-Man. So anything that they reference in each other's book, they got to mention that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just like with the whole uh, peanut allergy thing. If Zeb Wells gives Pete a peanut allergy, then Dan Slott has to reference that. Yeah. Um, where are we now? Um, you know, we got a little bit of Miles in here. Yeah, so Miles isn't turning to Shathra's side. He's he's transformed, right? He's gone all waspy, yeah. but he hasn't turned to Shathra's side. He's still like attacking her. He's still very much on the side of the spiders. And... Yeah. Yeah, being well physically a wasp totem is the only reason why Shatter is keeping him alive because she wants to know what's his secret, but Miles isn't spilling. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And then him going all unhinged on Shatter, unleashing all of that venom blasts. Uh do you think he might have gotten some flashbacks to when his own Peter died and he couldn't do anything to stop it? I don't know. Does does he remember that yet? Do we do we know that? Based on what I've heard, uh, Miles has flashes of his old life. Okay. So yeah, this would be another instance where uh, Peter died and he wasn't able to do anything to stop it. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's definitely like he's 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 had a lot of like grief. Like he's had a lot of sudden deaths that he he's definitely like. I think the death of his mum in the first run that he was in and that were all pretty like brutal ones where he wasn't like involved well enough to help. 
But uh, circling back to uh, Miles being able to resist Shatra's influence, uh, yeah, that gets him thrown in with the rest of the unturned spiders that we mentioned before. Uh, they don't even have a name, so I just called them the unturned. Yes. Uh, so the interesting ones are Spinnerets, the other, uh, who is actually Peter 982. This is something that like Abby's been mentioning a lot. Um, yeah. that like we haven't seen Peter nine eight two since he got turned into the other, like six years ago. I don't know, probably longer. Uh, and now we have we've got him here uh, yeah. as the other. All of a sudden, uh, definitely not like a pivotal thing at the moment. No, he's just somehow inexplicably stuck as the other. He's not even in human form, but he still does retain human speech. Yeah, he's definitely not like enraged or anything. No, because when uh, when Pete first had the other, he was all like ragey. So was Kane. Like, you know, Kane was ragey, but he was able to somewhat control himself. And then Peter 982, he has complete control over his other form. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a lot older as well. Uh, we've got uh, Spider Mobile, uh, which is the sentient spider car. Uh, silly spider i don't know if it was it was chris lord or phil miller wrote that comic strip in one of the uh, edge of the spider verse i think it was phil lord yeah phil lord wrote like this comic strip right of a like black and white humor comic spider that was called silly spider that's what that's from and a video game spider-man uh so so that's that's going to be i hope that becomes a like a motley crew like i hope they become a team and they have to try and do things together i think it'd be really funny (laughs) Yeah, and you know, MJ points out that the reason why they all can't be turned is because of what they are. You know, they're either a car or a monster or a video game. Yeah. But in MJ's case, this is because she's not an actual spider person. Uh, she uses Regent Tech, like which is what her suit is, to tap into Peter's powers and then use his powers as her own. Yeah, which are, I yeah, which is is really interesting. But the thing is, like, can Shatra not turn ordinary humans? Is that not a thing she can do? I think she's only after spiders because, uh, well, if she had tried to sting MJ and if it didn't work, that's probably why she's in prison. Yeah, because it seems like that the spiders that she can't turn, uh, she just sequesters them into that prison. Yeah, she does. Yeah, so I just I, I'm surprised that she doesn't just kill them outright, honestly. Um, but yeah. Maybe it's because she still has use for them later. Yeah, the fact they're doing the other is quite cool. I'm really glad they brought that in and they haven't just neglected that. Um, I don't know if Mayday Parker fans would be super pleased with the way it is being done. <laughs> yeah, but like with her like keeping the other as a prisoner, is that wise having your own killer just be in your prison? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know if there is... Was it Peter Parker or Kane is the other that killed Shathra? Last time, Kane. Okay. Well, technically, yeah, you could say that Kane was her uh, previous killer, but the other was using Kane as his avatar. Okay, I see. But for all intents and purposes, yeah, the other is considered Shatter's killer. Okay. But yeah, Mayday still doesn't believe that uh, the other is her dad brought back to life. Well, yeah, I mean, she's waspified, so she wouldn't be able to have that as a, like a normal conversation at the moment. At least the other is here. I was right. I called it. You did. You definitely called this one. I'm I'm well impressed that we got this eventually. And um, I'm just going by the logic of the unturned. In MJ's cases, because, you know, she's purely human. She's got no powers of her own whatsoever that isn't her regent tech. I just want to go back to how Gwen got shot or fight in the first place. Because, yeah, she's been depowered by Cindy 65. So... No more spider powers by herself anyway. She got them mm-hmm. back because of the Venom symbiote. But it's like, you take away Gwen's symbiote, she's a baseline human. Well, I don't know if the symbiote has been taken away. I think it's just a part of her, you know? But remember how uh, Verna had trouble eating her because uh, she's a symbiote? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they're just... I don't. I don't know if they thought it through that well. Like, I don't. I don't know if if Dan Slot knows enough about Spider Gwen to be able to do that. <laughs> because I, I'm still subscribing to my theory that you know, um, the Venom symbiote could burn away all of a uh, Shatra's venom. Perhaps, but they they haven't done that. Like, I feel like if they wanted to do that, they probably would have by now. 
Because, you know, Gwen's in that weird space where, like, is she considered a spider even though she was depowered by Cindy 65? Well, her blood is still radioactive. I think her symbiote, especially her unique sort of quite like sort of version of the symbiote, sort of gives her a certain amount of spider legitimacy, I guess. Because it is a spider symbiote, like it's not just an alien or like lab symbiote. It's it is a, it's part alien. Well, it is part alien. It is part lab, but it's a, it like it's made of spiders. So, it, um, yeah. Maybe this is Slot's way of getting to write her, but very minimally as possible. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I feel like a lot of characters could have been substituted in her place for her role here. You know. But one ally of the spider army that like that could be here, even though she's not a spider, Octavia Otto. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. But again, I, I don't know if Dan Slot even knows about that character. Well, Christos Gage definitely does, and Slot's the co-writer of Spider Geddon. But I guess uh, maybe that's more of Mike Costa's thing because Octavia is Mike Costa's OC. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not convinced that like. Dan Slot sort of remembers that character or wants to use her, really. But I put here in notes for the unturned... Yeah, you notice how I put freaks in quotation marks? That's a bit mean. I think that's just... um, That's mostly towards the other because, well, he's not human. Uh, you could say that he's unnatural. Aww. Why be so mean to him? Leave him alone. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the other. It's just because uh, um, in this context, the reason why he can't be turned is because Shatra sees him as a freak. I, I, I mean, I think, I don't know. Like, I just, just maybe her wasps just don't work. I think it's what it comes down to. I'm wondering, um, is uh, the 8-bit Spider-Man, is his excuse is because he's a video game? Yeah, I mean... I, I yeah, how would how would it work? Like, does he have biology? Does he have like that one was definitely really abstract, having a video game Spidey and Spider Mobile. You know, it's pretty rational because a uh, a wasp can't sting a car. No. Well, it can try, but it's not going to work. No. But uh, Shatter herself, do you think she's getting a little bit overconfident that Pete Six One Six is dead? Uh, no. I'm. I mean, it's definitely a big blow to the team. But again, like I just. He's gonna come back, right? Like, hundred percent. I don't. I don't think any of these character deaths they've done for Pete or Jess have been permanent. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about uh, like what's her point in sequestering all of these unturned spiders away? Like, she could have killed them right there and now when she found out she couldn't turn them, but she just decided to uh, imprison them. Yeah, it's been. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh we're we're gonna find out more. Hopefully, we'll get a bit more of a backstory at least on Peter nine eight two, maybe Spinneret even. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe uh either next issue or issue number six because the next issue it solicits said something about uh see a new side of Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, it became about him again. Yeah, always is. But maybe um, if Kane had shown, like, if they really wanted to use Kane in this story, you think it would be most logical that he was one of her prisoners? Uh, yeah, I think that would be that'd be a fun way of doing it. Um, I think just it's shocking. Um, yeah, again, I, 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 I don't, I don't think he's going to be in it. It's, uh, but yeah, uh, that would be that'd be a cool way of doing it. Because. Uh... Before Kane killed Shatra in his solo series, did you know that there was actually an uncomfortable moment between them? What do you mean? Shatra actually disguised herself as Kane's girlfriend, Annabelle, and uh, the two actually slept together. Be like statutory rape. That's awful. Yeah, Kane didn't know it wasn't. Uh, she wasn't the real Annabelle because the real Annabelle was in the hotel lobby and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Shatter decided to disguise herself as her to get Kane his guard down. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. So, yeah, like what you said, would that be um, Shatra committing unwitting... Uh, Kane was unwittingly raped? Yeah, it is. That's kind of dreadful. Yeah, so yeah, I think if Kane was to see her again, I don't think it would be pretty. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty grim. I don't know how well they handled that, but... I would be careful around it. Oh, maybe that's something to ask Christopher Yost. Yeah. I don't know if, like, sometimes I feel like writers can do these things, um, especially male writers can do these things without, like, really realizing the depth of what they're describing is happening to these characters a little bit. Yeah. 
But anyway, it seems like uh, Kane is in the limbo. Uh, the next person who wants to use him has to, uh, well, they can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I really hope that they bring him back. I think that'd be pretty neat if they did that. Yeah, he's the best spider clone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's the best Peter Parker spider clone, to be specific. Yeah, because uh, Ben Riley, who? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel bad for Ben Riley. don't get me wrong, I'm just not it. No, he's just, uh, no, Ben Riley's a victim of character assassination. Yeah, has been anyway, lately. Yeah, which is why, you know, Kane is the best Peter Parker clone. There should be more books of him or probably be inserted in another spider supporting cast. Yeah, that would work. Um, I'd like that. I mean, that's what they sort of would, were doing with Ben before they brought him back as Spider-Man. He was, he was in the Iron Man book. Yeah. So I think Kane should probably be in a uh, street-level heroes supporting cast. If Christopher Cantwell uh, did that to Ben, like putting him in Iron Man, then maybe some other writer who's writing a street-level hero, uh, they can probably bring Kane into the fold. Yeah, they could do, yeah. Like maybe a heroes for hire sort of thing. Yeah. No, I see that. I can see, you know, Kane doing stuff just for money. He's that kind of character. He's the one who coined, well, actually, Christopher Yost coined it for him. Um, he's the spider clone with all of the power, but none of the responsibility. Right. I see, and, and that's what Ben was stealing in that recent issue over in the Amazing Spider-Man book. Yeah, but, you know, that was Kane's slogan first. That's tragic, that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I do think, I like, and even like Ben in this series, I feel like Ben should have been a character because they were talking about 616 spiders. Like Ben Riley should have come up, but he hasn't done. But no, he's too busy uh, turning New York into hell with Madeline. Apparently, yeah. Happens to the best of us. Happens to all the angsty boys. Not the first time. Uh, but, you know, in his defense, he's been brain damaged for uh, lack of a better term. Yeah, I don't know if they're handling it well at all over there, but uh, we've discussed that more than a couple of times, I think. Yeah, but, you know, anyway, uh, did we actually get to everyone on the list? Um, I felt bad that the Norman Osborn got killed off. That was pretty rough. But, you know, um, Spider Norman's pretty much a dick. He was, but he was an interesting character. It was just a shame that he got, got written out like that. I hope he isn't actually dead. I hope he sort of, like, randomly turns up again. Like, and that's why he was part of the, like, vision that Madam Web had. In the beginning, do you think um, uh, he sent the uh, missing strand to a 616 on purpose? Because he said that he was typing in some coordinates for that container to go in, and then that ended up in Peter's hands. Yeah, he must have done. Yeah, I think that's the very same strand from the beginning of the issue. But strangely, he told Shotter's forces that he sent the strand to a place she'll never find it. Well, hopefully she never finds, you know. <laughs> but 616 is where all of her force is at. So do you think she's just going to look at it as an oversight on her part? Maybe. Um, I just think it's the kind of thing which could which could happen. Uh, I mean, if she's already killed Peter 616, then it would make sense that she doesn't think there's a big deal about 616 anymore. I guess that's why Spider-Norman said that, uh, that 616 is going to be the last place that she finds it. Yeah. Although with people's luck, you know, sometimes the uh, first place you should start looking is the very last place you would think of. Yeah, but I, I think I think what's happened is it, is it has gotten successfully to Peter and, and we'll, we'll see that play out now. I don't. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there, there must be some kind of reasoning behind what Norman was saying, you know. I guess it's, um, you know, he's going out like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't just get killed off like normally you know um, i'm glad they, they got a bit of variation in there but his partner in crime spider's man was burned alive yeah they have killed they've killed off clay mcleod chapman spider's man uh as seen in spider geddon and in that one edge of the spider verse issue he, he's gone forever so that's it now yeah very sad anyway i'll miss him anyway i'm i'm gonna miss him at least well did you know back in spider geddon spider's man feasted on karn's corpse i didn't I don't remember that. It's pretty grim. Yeah, he said that his corpse was tasty. Great. Lovely. <laughs> That's perfect. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, did it seem like a Spider Norman knew exactly what he was doing in punching in 616 as the coordinates? Yeah, I mean, he must have done. It would make sense. But then we have to wait until next issue to find out what happens to this restored Peter and the strand of the web that he's got. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to that. 
anyway, um, is this already the end of the episode? I feel like we've gotten as much as we can out of this one. Um, I, I'm getting the feeling that like maybe in the next couple we'll get something more substantial. Yeah, well, issue number five releases February 15th, and its solicit is The End of Spider-Verse Continues. See a new side of Peter Parker and the Spider-Mythos. Shatra and her forces work towards the extinction of Arachnidia sapiens. Plus, this issue includes a special superheroic backup story featuring Spider-Man and Photon celebrating Black History Month. Oh, that's fun. That's nice. Yeah, so... uh. Looking forward to the next issue. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with it at the moment. I, I'm really hoping for a twist that really sort of subverts the whole chosen one thing, but I don't know if we'll get it. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Next issue is part five of seven. So yeah, we're closing towards the end. Yeah. All right. And yeah, this is the cover where it looks like that uh, Pete's getting dusted. That's my joke of a Mr. Slot. I don't feel so good. Yeah, that whole vibe. Cause it looks like dust. It's it, yeah, it's definitely like the whole erasing from existence thing. Um, it's very true for that. Yeah, I think before we close off for the show, we actually did get one comment. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what this person meant by this. I guess it's because of a Palmer being a deep cut. But anyway, this is from at Earth underscore sixteen ten underscore six one six. That's the uh, Miles Morales Stan account who has actually commented to us before, and they say. An amazing fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of that one. I think it's like what I mentioned before. This is supposed to be a deep cut about Palmer and how maybe it's also a reference to Amazing Fantasy 15. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, anyway, uh, did you want to start closing us out? Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next episode, even, we'll be reading Spider-Man number five or a tale. Uh, I think we're going to read... Spider-Man number five, unless the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Gwen even, Infinity comic uh, is finished before then, whatever comes first. It might be a little bit before our next episode, actually, because I think it is five weeks between now and... Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, but on the other hand, um, A Tale of Two Cities is going to start dropping on January 10th. And like, let's assume that um, because Jay Holtham... Uh, the longest that he's gone was six issues for an arc, but with the least being uh, four because Mayday's arc, no, not Mayday's arc, um, Miles's arc, his very first one lasted five issues and all of these arcs can either be as little as three issues or as much as six to seven because uh, Penny, like she had another writer, but Penny's writer had like seven or eight. All right, I see. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll uh, cover it accordingly. Uh, so just uh, keep an eye out for those uh, Spider-Man number 5 can be bought from your local comic book store or from Comixology. Uh, if you pre-order it, that helps boost the comic the most, and uh, we'll put links for that in the description on where to buy and read, as well as the reading list uh, that we have for the Spider-Gwen comics. We uh, invite everybody to send in their thoughts on what they think and to uh, follow at GS Groupies on Twitter, where you can tweet us, mention us, replies, so long as Twitter stays up, and email growspidergroupies at gmail.com. We also have a Ko-fi page if you'd like to help support the podcast uh, costs. Yes, please. All righty. Um, I think that's us for today. Uh, thank you very much. I've been Pax. And I've been Abigail. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.